Meta has slashed the prices of their VR devices because nobody is buying them. Plus, obscure mobile games are now becoming Olympic sports. Tonight is March 5th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Beware. The Ides of Hogwash. Came from pod culture. Beware. You're going to be drinking a little bit tonight in one of our stories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an Ides of March edition. Uh, beware of uh, the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Ides of March, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork, uh, and you can interact with us directly, and I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. And once again, I do be- uh, believe that we've got a hype train going. Thank you so much for or the support going above and beyond. That is very much appreciated. Uh, thank you so, so much. Uh, and uh, people are saying uh, in, in chat, Orange Wright says, beware, I live. Questbuster says, I hunger. Podculture says, podcaster needs food badly. Once I finish this show, I get to eat dinner. So uh, that that's what I do uh, after the show. I'm like, I, I got to have a show. Uh, it can. It doesn't have to be a good show. It can be a bad show, but I don't like doing bad shows. Uh, but then I actually do get to to eat, and I do not shoot the food. No, I, I do not uh, shoot the food. I promise. Um, I Black Wolf sometimes does need food. Anyway, uh, if you can't be here live and participate in that banter, we completely understand. We do have a Discord server. Vognetwork.com slash Discord is where we are throughout the week. You can also submit stories or react to things uh, that we talked about on previous episodes. Uh, and... Uh, so uh, so if you wanted to ask more questions about PlayStation VR 2, I did get a little more time with it. I will say that despite the fix that I had about the tracking, I started getting more tracking errors in uh, when I was trying to play Moss because I got the Moss and Moss Book 2 bundle, which you can only get off the web, actually. I couldn't get that bundle, which, like, discounts at 10 bucks. Uh, I couldn't find it on the console, so I had to buy it on the PlayStation web store and then download it. Uh, but I was getting lots of tracking errors uh, in my setup there. Um I also did, uh, and, and I, I didn't put this in the show roll, but I wanted to mention that I uploaded a video up to uh, my social media about uh, try, about playing Res, and uh, I should probably put this in. Uh, so I talked a little bit about PlayStation VR 2 last week, and then I'm going to get into the, the, the stuff I'm going to talk about this week. Uh, but I talked about how I have an astigmatism, and that there is an eye-tracking feature in the PlayStation VR 2, as well as other... Uh, modern and upcoming future headsets. Uh, and you can use it to do things like uh, look at, it, work, navigate menus. Instead of pointing with the controller, you can use your eyes to point, and it watches that. And one of the things you can do in Res Infinite is you can actually have the targeting be your eyes. Uh, and this works great for people who have eyes that work. Now, I have an astigmatism, which means that my eyes dart about Every once in a while, I can't really control it. If I cover up one eye, it really gets, uh, it's a party trick, actually, and it freaks people out. Uh, it's why I can never cosplay as a pirate, because I can't wear the eye patch. Um, but but I wanted to show what it looks like when you're trying to target and play Res Infinite uh, from, uh, from that perspective. So I am going to actually load up a video that I've got here. Uh, and uh, this is Res Infinite, and this is up on my socials, but my eyes are controlling the targeting. So I am not moving any controllers. I'm using the button to target, and you can kind of see how it darts around a little bit, which means it does a really good job of tracking my eye. It knows where my eye is at all times. But it, for me, and if you have an astigmatism like I do, 
um, you're probably going to get a headache out of this because I get a headache out of it. Uh, I did actually was able to complete this entire first level with the eye tracking, but I actually had some trouble looking upwards. And so I actually did have to move my head up to get the eyes, my eyes to look up as high as it needed to go. And there was even one, uh, w there was one of these, uh, one of the enemies I just literally couldn't target for whatever reason. And it was sitting right in front of me. And for whatever reason, I couldn't get my eyes to target it. And so I never was able to shoot it down. And it's one of those, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, why am I not targeting the enemy? And I just remember I tried. So, and that's the enemy right there that I just could not, could not get. Um, so it's, it's really great technology. I know that the, you know, I, I kind of focused on quote unquote negatives, but I don't really see this as a negative about the device. I'd see this as negative about my eyes. And, uh, so if you, if your eyes don't do that, which most people's eyes don't, uh, then that's going to be a, a really neat feature for you uh, that you should probably check out, uh, either on that headset or any other future VR headset. Um, now, there are nefarious things people can do with that, you know, tracking where your eye is looking and stuff. But maybe uh, I'm going to give them such bad data they can't track my eyes because they move around way too much. So that's my hope. It's not going to be they're, they're going to if it's about tracking your data, they're going to figure out how to track everybody's data. Um, Pod Culture says this makes me wonder how a VR version of the OG Star Wars vector game would play. Uh, it depends on if they're using the eye tracking or not. I'm sure somebody's made it made that uh at some point um I'm, I'm sure somebody's made it as like a kind of a freeware project speaking of freeware projects i do want to mention um that uh that there there is a fan game which means it could be taken down it could be taken down at any point uh because it's not coming out until december so there are it, it, that's what nine months we have nine months for a cease and desist to come out but um, it, it is a fan game that is kind of based on uh, Persona, so the Persona-style games. Uh, this is not for VR, so you don't have to drink when you talk about this. Uh, but, but it is essentially a Persona-style game, uh, turn-based JRPG, uh, starring the Golden Girls. It's, uh, this is the way I can get Rob Roberts from Orange Sound Rated to play a Persona game, is that there's going to be a free... Uh, persona mock mock persona game uh, about Golden Girls, and it the 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 video they put out is actually like looks really good. It looks like the graphics they they did not skimp. This is not programmer art. This is actual like people art that that they did. They uh, this is not AI art. This is not stable diffusion. This is not mid journey. Uh, this is people who actually really love the Golden Girls and love Persona. And uh, yes, it's Persona for Golden Girls, I guess, and is releasing for free in holiday 2023 until they get the cease and desist order from somebody. I don't know who. Um, but uh, it's called Golden Girls Take Manhattan DX. Um, and uh, I shared it on uh, my, my socials as well. Uh, and it's also in our Discord server. You can find the trailer in the Discord server as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and Rob Roberts just says, meh, he's kidding, but meh. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, some of the news that happened this week. So, uh, I, I've been talking every once in a while about, uh, the, the, the current merger between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard and how, uh, certain companies and certain government agencies are, are objecting to it. And, uh, the FTC is actually going to object to it. Uh, based on Sony's insistence, essentially. Uh, Sony is claiming that Microsoft is going to become a monopoly in the video game market. They're going to take everything away from Sony. Sony's not going to have anything. They're going to be nothing because Call of Duty is gone. Like, this is literally all about Call of Duty. That's it. That's what they're complaining about. So, uh, Video Games Chronicle reports that the Federal Trade Commission is largely denied Sony's request to quash a Microsoft subpoena requesting that it divulge confidential documents. 
Microsoft served Sony with the subpoena in January as part of its defense building process ahead of an FTC lawsuit regarding its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So the FTC is uh, is um, suing Microsoft to not allow the merger to happen. They're doing this at the behest of Sony. Sony is really the loudest player saying this cannot happen. And so Microsoft's like, all right, well, since Sony's in here, we need to build a defense because Sony's going to use their uh, discovery methods to, to find things on us and on Activision, and so we're going to do it as well. The subpoena included 45 separate requests for Sony documents, including copies of every third-party licensing agreement Sony has and all drafts of and communications regarding uh, Sony President Jim Ryan's declaration to the FTC. Sony attempted to quash or limit the subpoena, arguing that a number of the requests were either irrelevant to the case or too time-consuming and expensive to carry out. However, in a newly filled order made by the FTC chief's administrative law judge, most of Sony's arguments have been rejected. Most notable among Sony's requests was in order to produce a copy of every content licensing agreement it has entered into with any third-party publisher between January 1st, 2012 and present. That request has been denied. Uh, they, they, there's an amended version. So they, they weren't able to get rid of the whole request, but they did get rid of a little bit of it. Sony had argued that this information had no apparent value and that compiling the documents would mean an unduly burdensome manual review of over 150,000 contract records to, to find which ones were relevant. Microsoft's argument, which the FTC has agreed with, was that since much of the Activision Blizzard acquisition case revolves around whether gaining access to its IP could result in Xbox-exclusive titles that could negatively impact competition, it was important to understand the full extent of Sony's own exclusivity deals and their effect on industry competitiveness. One request the FTC did to grant Sony, however, was to limit the date range of the documents being requested. As such, only documents dated from January 1st, 2019 to the present will be required which means that some games that are, that we are wanting to hear about probably won't be in here because if they were starting development before 2019, we're not going to know the exclusivity deals. I'm talking about like Final Fantasy VII Remake and things like that. Another Sony request that was denied was the request to not include the files being handled by certain Sony staff members, with Sony arguing that many of them were in Japanese and would therefore be more time-consuming and expensive to search. We have AI for that now, by the way. Maybe we should get chat GPT, feed it with all the stuff and let it. Anyway, the FTC rejected this, saying Sony couldn't persuasively explain why searching for and producing these files presents an undue burden. Sony's like, it's going to be too hard. They're like, oh, really, how? It's going to be too hard. In December, the FTC announced plans to sue Microsoft in a bid to stop its $69 billion NICE acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which the regulator argues would enable the company to suppress competitors to its Xbox console, subscription content, and cloud gaming business. Among other concerns, the FTC and Sony have expressed worries that the deal could significantly reduce PlayStation's ability to compete, given that it would see Microsoft gain ownership of the Call of Duty series, which Sony has called irreplaceable. So it's really about Call of Duty. That's all this is about. It's literally about Call of Duty. In a bid to address regulatory concerns, Microsoft recently said it offered Sony a 10-year legally enforceable contract to make each new Call of Duty game available on PlayStation the same day it comes to Xbox. The FTC said in January that there has been no substantive settlement talks with Microsoft over the proposed acquisition. If it goes to trial, the case will be judged during hearings set to take place in August of 2023. SJ1 Matt says it's all part of business, and if the roles were reversed, Sony was buying Activision Blizzard instead of Microsoft, Microsoft would be challenging the same thing, and Sony would do this as its defense. This is all the rules of engagement. Um. And all, he also says the only other difference is Sony would not be as forward and generous with exclusivity of Call of Duty as Microsoft is with this. So um, there's the reason that they're also doing this is because there there was a response that they had put out uh, to the UK. And I believe even uh, and I, I forget off the top of my head, but like I think like in Europe, they've like dropped the, the, the government agencies have dropped their um, objection. So really now it's the U.S. But what Microsoft said, and they put out this long document and I skimmed through it, is that uh, there are certain games 
that are no longer exclusive to PlayStation, but they still cannot come out on Xbox. They can come out on any other console except an Xbox. And we're talking games like Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XVI, the Silent Hill 2 Remake. Um, games like that where the ex- the one-year exclusivity is up, which is why you can see those games now on PC. But they are still prohibited from releasing it on Xbox. And some of these documents have come out in the trial, and that's what Microsoft's trying to find. And they're going to find other games that may that Microsoft never realized was barred by contract from coming to Xbox. So they're trying to do this discovery session uh, to see because if you in, Microsoft even put in that document that the most talked about video games were not Microsoft property. They were Sony properties and they were Sony first party titles that would never come to Xbox. Um, they and they also threw in that also Nintendo titles are never coming to Xbox. So Xbox and they're saying, you know, Xbox is distant third. And they even said, yeah, of the top 20 titles that got social media traction, Call of Duty wasn't one of them. People aren't talking about Call of Duty on on social media. Uh, you know, the, the reviews, they're kind of in the middle. Like, they're not the most top-reviewed top games. Uh, they're not the award winners. Play, PlayStation, when they do their Game of the Year, it's not a Call of Duty title. And Microsoft's like, how is this irreplaceable? Sony says Call of Duty is irreplaceable. It It's not irreplaceable. They've got so many other things. Uh, and that's what Microsoft's trying to to bring out. Uh, here and and because they're they've got to make a defense they got to say well we're not doing anything different than the competitors are doing they just don't like it that we're doing it Questbuster says sony says that's too much for us to get you and other corporations that went to trial first time huh because everybody obviously they talk in memes they talk in memes so the reason that sony is in the in the crosshairs for this um because fifth stream says yes this is kind of idiotic we're in court for things hey let's look at what what these other guys are doing uh the reason is because sony inserted themselves into this conversation and sony is the main driver of of who is objecting to this so yes they're going to look at what sony's doing why is sony objecting to this too much SendMonkey11 says, I haven't played one Call of Duty game since Call of Duty 4. I think I have a PS Plus free COD game, but I never played it. I, yeah, I, and it's, uh, it's, I think it's Black Ops, it's either Black Ops 2 or Black Ops 3 is the PlayStation Plus free game that you're probably thinking of. Because um, I have it on my console as well, and I've played it like an hour. I did play the original Modern, I think Modern, the original Modern Warfare 2. Not the current Modern Warfare 2, but the first one. Uh, I did rent that and play it and, you know, beat the campaign in six hours. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so, so I've played it, but you got to realize that what Sony is worried about is not the people that would listen to this podcast. Um, there are people out there and they are a substantial group that only play Call of Duty games. That is the entire reason they own a console is just to play Call of Duty. There's another segment of the population. The only reason they own a console is to play FIFA. There's another segment of the comp- uh, of the population. The only reason they own a game console is to play Madden. There are people who the only reason they have a gaming PC is to play World of Warcraft. So that's who Sony is worried about losing. It's the people that wouldn't play Last of Us or uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales or God of War or Horizon Forbidden West or anything on the PlayStation VR 2. They don't want to lose those gamers, and they're afraid that that segment of their audience that literally only buy the PlayStation to play Call of Duty are no longer going to buy a PlayStation. They're going to buy an Xbox. That is probably not anybody that's listening to this podcast or sitting in our Twitch channel right now. So that is why Sony is very scared about losing Call of Duty, even though Microsoft's like, we're not going to, you're not going to lose Call of Duty. But Sony, and I think somebody said it earlier in chat, they, if the shoe was on the other foot, oh, yeah, Sony absolutely would restrict Call of Duty uh, they, they because they restrict other things from Xbox. So, of course, they would do that. And so they're worried that Microsoft's going to do the same thing they are. Uh, and, and, and they also probably don't want it on the record in legal filings that they actually do that, where they will take games that are very, uh, highly anticipated from third party studios and restrict them from Xbox. 
Fifth Dream says, but does anyone who plays only plays Call of Duty play it on PlayStation? It seems like it's just X-Pros. It seems like that because you're not actually looking. Um, PlayStation, I don't know if you've noticed, which you probably haven't, but on all of the commercials for Call of Duty that are on television, and if you don't watch television, you don't see them, and I completely understand, they're always from Sony, and there is always exclusive content day one on PlayStation. You get access to the DLC first on on PlayStation. You don't get that on Xbox. Um, and they're going to lose that, and they get that marketing edge. So, yes, if all you play is Call of Duty, you are going to get it on PlayStation because PlayStation gets all the stuff first. Yes, the Call, Call of Duty comes out the same day on Xbox, but there is certain content that comes out on PlayStation first, and that's because Sony has had a long-standing marketing agreement and deal with Activision Blizzard to do that, where Call of Duty is the definitive, or where PlayStation is the definitive place to play Call of Duty. Um, and so that is what they're worried about about, about losing. Uh, and uh, Fifth Dream says they're just much louder. Yes, it, yeah, it, it. There are plenty of people on Xbox that play Call of Duty, but the ones who want to play everything first, they get it on PlayStation because PlayStation historically has had all of the marketing deals with with uh, Activision Blizzard, and they've gotten content first. Call of Duty's always shown off at the Sony press conferences. Uh, at, at, at when when we used to have E3. Um, it would always be Sony or now Sony State of Plays where you would find all the Call of Duty reveals. Uh, those would transfer over to the Xbox, and Sony would not have that uh, big that big reveal with them. But it's a good question. Um, but hey, Call of Duty is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. They've got an agreement, and I bet you it's going to be a cloud version. It's going to be the cloud version of Call of Duty. You can play it on your Nintendo Switch. And they were like, see, we're not going to make it exclusive. We're even going to make it work on a console it can't run on. Speaking of game consoles that don't realize they're game consoles, let's talk about VR. Let's talk about the MetaQuest. Uh, so a couple months ago, um, I think it was like last August or something, I reported that uh, they raised the price of the MetaQuest 2. $100. And the reason they raised the the price of the uh of the consoles, they won't tell you and I'm I'm calling them consoles. They why did they raise the price of the headset? The reason they did it and they're not going to tell you this, it's because they lost the ability to link your uh, to reliably link your identity from what you're doing in the Quest to your Facebook account because they removed the linking, the required linking and using of your Facebook account to have a meta account. Uh, so since they did that, they felt that the loss of revenue from tracking and you know using that data for ad, ad placement and ad selling, uh, that was they had to raise the price $100 for the headsets to make up for the fact that they can no longer track and sell your data to third parties because they don't exactly have as much data because it's not linked between your headset and your Facebook account. Um, that's a load of crap because they'll just know that your IP address is the same and they're going to link whatever you do with, with that IP address to any Facebook account you've logged into with that IP address. So it's kind of dumb, but, um, uh, but that's why they actually did it. And it's because it was right when they removed the Facebook requirement, they're like, oh, by the way, we're raising the price $100. Supply chain, LOL. No, that's not what it was. Well, they're reversing that decision a little bit. The Verge reports that Mark Zuckerberg has announced that the MetaQuest Pro, the company's mixed and virtual reality headset focused on business users, will be getting a substantial price cut going from $1,500 to $1,000 or $1,499.99 down to $999.99. Likewise, the 256-gig version of the Quest 2 will be going from $500 to $430. So from $499.99 to $429.99. So it's going down $80. Meta says its goal is to, quote, create hardware that's affordable for as many people as possible, unquote, and that it's lowering the pro's price to make its tech, quote, available to even more businesses and professionals around the world, unquote. According to the company's hardware roadmap, which was published by The Verge earlier this week, it doesn't seem like the high-end VR headset is getting a follow-up for at least a few years. Given that context, a price drop of this magnitude makes the most sense if the company is trying to get rid of its existing inventory. The Quest Pro's price drop will take effect on March 5th, today, uh, for the U.S. and Canada, and on March 15th, 
not today. Everywhere else is sold. The Quest 2 is going to be cheaper in on the 5th in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Iceland, Italy, t- Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Taiwan, the UK, and the US. Um, so... Uh, there has actually been a couple of sales uh, with the Pre- uh, Quest Pro because they've been trying, they've been having trouble moving units. Uh, people just aren't buying it, so you could actually get it for eleven hundred dollars if you knew if you were doing the right sales at the right places. Um, but and so the price, but the, for the Quest Two, the one that's actually made for for you, uh, it's just the higher capacity Quest Two because there's a hundred and twenty eight gig and a two fifty six gig Quest Two. The one twenty eight gig. Is still three ninety nine ninety nine. They did not lower the price of that one. It was two ninety nine ninety nine a while back. They haven't lowered that one back. Meta has not explained why they're not lowering it. So for thirty dollars extra, you get double the storage. So of course you're going to get the two hundred fifty six gig Meta Quest two. The, now, the successor to the Quest 2 is apparently due out this year at a price that is, quote, slightly more than the $400 Quest 2, unquote, uh, according to Alex Heath. From what they've heard, the Quest 3 should be a major improvement with the design that's significantly thinner and at least twice as powerful. It's possible Meta is trying to set up some pricing strategy that will make sense if it continues selling the Quest 2 or if it's trying to move units before it replaces the headset in the lineup. Uh, The company is also planning to release another headset in 2024 at the most attractive price point it can manage. What's kind of what's going on here is people are not buying Quest headsets, either the Pro or the 2, at the rate that they they figured that uh, people would. And so they're trying to flail. Unfortunately, Meta is not doing itself any favors there was another uh really interesting editorial over on the verge which i'm not going to read verbatim but it was basically saying that meta forgot that vr headsets are best with games and meta basically forgot they're a game company they're trying to treat this as the metaverse company which you don't need vr to be in the metaverse when you when i talk to people who are big into the metaverse it's not about vr vr is just a way to get into the metaverse Final Fantasy XIV Online is not only a critically acclaimed MMO that has a 14-day free trial, uh, it's also the metaverse, according to some people's definitions. So, Meta is really trying to push Horizon Worlds, which even Meta employees don't want to use. It's that bad. And they're going all in on the metaverse stuff in so much that they have, like, shut down... I won't say popular multiplayer game servers, but they had a community and they were, they're kind of alienating the gamers and they're not really innovating on the game front. They bought beat saber and uh beat saber. Like they've released new packs, which is great, but uh, they're not really making a beat saber too. They're not investing in new games. They're investing in the metaverse. They're investing in horizon worlds. Rob Roberts says Final Fantasy XIV Online has a free trial up to level 60. It is still the critically acclaimed MMO that has a free trial up to level 60 and is considered the metaverse by some people's definitions. And you don't need a VR headset to do that. Questbuster says, as a side note to this, in Meta's fiscal report last month, Zuck had barely mentioned anything about Reality Labs or the Metaverse, instead focusing on cost-cutting and focusing more on investing in AI and their existing apps, which investors apparently like. Yes, AI is the new... That's the new investor buzzword. That's where you're going to want to to see venture capitalist dollars go. That's what they want to see. They want to see how you're going to use GPT-3 to innovate technology, just like how VR was that. The, the metaverse was that previously. The, it was NFTs and crypto previously before that. Right now, it's AI. It's all about AI. ZenMonkey11 says they have a lot of games in the Quest Store and they linked up with the App Labs to add even more games. But yes, they talk about Meta way too much. It, it's the promotion aspect. Meta's like, yeah, there are games there. But that's not what we're going to focus on. And that's why I'm really high on PlayStation VR 2 because they're like, this is a game device. So we're going to make great games with this. Valve it, it even says this is primarily a game desi- device. That's why Sony has Horizon Call of the Mountain. That's why Valve made Half-Life Alex, which is really Half-Life 3, but they don't want to say the word number 3. That's why they did that. 
Oculus, Oculus, they're not Oculus anymore. Meta is not, that's not what they want to go. Their AAA thing is they want it to be something like Horizon Worlds. And that's not what most people get VR headsets to do. They want people to get VR headsets to be in the metaverse. Most people want VR headsets to play games. And Meta doesn't get that. Monkey 11 says, there are a lot of online multiplayer VR games that are going free to play, and one was canceled. And I think that one is the one that I was talking about, that Meta just shut down the servers, and John Carmack even quit the company. That was one of the reasons John Carmack left. He's like, I don't agree with you doing that, because there were still tens of thousands of people playing it. It wasn't hundreds of thousands, but it was still tens of thousands of people, and you're alienating your user base by doing that. Rob Roberts says, Final Fantasy fourteen Online, it's the Moogleverse. That's what it is. So uh, if you wanted uh, a, a Quest 2 or a Quest Pro, uh, they're cheaper now. Esther Naman says, uh, John Carmack has stories to tell for sure. Oh, he's always had good stories. All the way back from the Doom days. Monkey 11 says, I think Horizon Worlds may get a little bump from Altspace VR, which was the Microsoft product that was just shut down uh, when Microsoft laid off everybody that was working on uh, AR and VR. But not enough. Altspace had small numbers to start with. Most of them are going there to Horizon World. I would think, like, VR chat's the 800-pound gorilla that Meta needs to take down. I'm not saying that Meta wouldn't be able to take down something like VR chat, uh, but because, I mean, I used to say that EverQuest was the 800-pound gorilla and nobody would ever take it down in the MMORPG space. And then World of Warcraft came around and we're like, ha ha, the RTS, develop- or the RTS developers are going to try to take down EverQuest. Ha ha ha. Yeah. How did that work out for us? So the last story I want to talk about, this is going to be interesting. Because the Olympics. The Video Games Chronicle reports that the International Olympics Committee has announced that qualification for the Olympics Esports Series 2023 begins today or earlier this week. So this is not the official Olympic Games. These are this is the International Olympic Committee trying to get more interest into the Olympics by offering esports. Uh, the series is a global and virtual simulated sports competition created by the IOC and run in collaboration with official sporting federations. Nine sports will be represented in this year's event, with games such as Gran Turismo and Just Dance being featured. Professional and amateur players from around the world are invited to take part in qualifying for each event starting from today with the finals to take place at live in-person event at Singapore's Suntech Center on June 22nd through 25th. These will be streamed live on Olympics.com and Olympic social channels. We used to have an Olympics channel, like linear TV channel, here in the U.S. It was run by NBC. They shut it down a couple months ago. But they, you would have been able to see it on linear TV as well. The nine events and games confirmed for this year's series, along with the collaborating official sports federations and when qualification starts for each follows, are as follows. So I'm not going to read these in order because I kind of want to save a couple for last year. Um, So there is chess, which is chess.com, and it's the uh, International Chess Federation. That starts on April Fool's Day, April 1st. Uh, Then we've got uh, dance is Just Dance 2023. That's the World Dance Sport Federation. It's going to begin soon. Uh, In motorsport, it's going to be Gran Turismo 7. It's going to be the Federación Internacional de Automobile. Uh, Automobile. Um, my French is not that good. That's going to begin on April 13th. Um, then you've got games you've probably never heard of. Uh, one, The last one you've probably heard of is baseball. WBSC eBaseball Power Pros, which is the World Baseball Software Softball Confederation. That starts on March 27th. That game you've probably heard of. Uh, and Mike Def says that uh, the, the FIA, that is the same people by, behind F1 Racing. So then you get tennis is Tennis Clash with the World uh, International Tennis Federation. That's going to begin at some point. Taekwondo is Virtual Taekwondo, which is the World Taekwondo uh, Series uh, Confederation there. That's going to begin at some point. Sailing is Virtual Regatta, which is World Sailing that begins on March 17th. Uh, Cycling is Zwift, which is the uh, UCI, which is the International Cycling Federation. That's begin soon. And then Archery is Tic-Tac-Bow. World Archery Federation is running it. That's going to begin in spring of 2023. 
The qualification process for each game will differ with information being made on the official Olympic Esports Series website as are finalized. Uh, so the Gran Turismo 7 qualification will take place on a bespoke Olympic Esports Series track, which will be available in the game from April 13th on and will involve players trying to set their best time in an online time trial. According to the IOC, uh, this is the next step in supporting the development of virtual sports within the Olympic movement. Mike Deft is going to talk, has brought up, yes, there is a reason I put tic-tac-bow at the end. What is tic-tac-bow? You've never heard of it. You are correct. It didn't, uh, it, it, uh, it, it didn't exist until very recently. Um, so there was actually another um, uh, article from uh, Northeastern University. Uh, which uh, they put up uh, something and they talked about uh, the, the, the coordinator for their esports program at the, this collegiate esports program. His name is Zachary Allor. Um, said the news was confusing. Massively popular esports staples like League of Legends and Overwatch, games that attract massive prize pools and viewership, are absent from the Olympics esports series. The only games in the lineup that might look familiar to gamers are Just Dance and the racing game Gran Turismo. The rest are obscure mobile games, offbeat virtual sports games, and motion tracking martial arts experiences meant to evoke the traditional Olympic games. So, I will mention why you're not seeing League of Legends and Overwatch because I've brought this up on the show before. The reason they don't have League of Legends in Overwatch is because the official Olympic movement, they do not allow violence against other people, uh, despite the fact that they have boxing and, and wrestling. Um, the act of shooting people, uh, that is not something that they condone. So they their charter won't allow them to have games like League of Legends or Overwatch be part of the Olympic movement. They would have to change a lot of their charter to to allow that. So they really only wanted things that were more like Olympic sports. The lineup of sports inclu uh, games included in the IOC's announcement is, even to the most casual esports fan, odd at best. It's akin to the IOC including wiffle ball instead of baseball in the Olympic Games. Optimistically, uh, Zachary Allor, who is the, coordination, uh, the coordinator for Northeastern University's esports program, says that the Olympic esports lineup is an honest first attempt to enter the world of esports by a group of people who lack the awareness of the greater esports scene. The IOC's approach with esports is a uh, fairly literal interpretation of the term opting for virtual sports in categories like archery, baseball, sailing, and taekwondo over kinds of commercial games that dominate esports. Um, but Tic Tac Bow, he calls out, very specifically, he says, quote, Tic-Tac-Bow is literally a mobile app where you play Tic-Tac-Toe and it came out last month and the Olympic finals for it are in a few months. Even if we wanted to take it seriously, I don't know who can master a game at that level in two months, unquote. Uh, so the baseball category uh, is WBSC eBaseball Power Pros. It's a PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch game, uh, which Vice called a strangely low 99 cent. And Virtual Taekwondo is a virtual martial arts game that was released on the little-known motion tracking gaming console Axis. So if you want some, if you want a motion tracking gaming console, it's called Axis, and you can do virtual Taekwondo. The IOC's choice is partly based on the criteria set by the Olymp uh, International Sports Federations, which govern certain sports and their rules in Olympic competition. These rules limit the esports that can be offered at the Olympics to electronic versions of traditional Olympic games and those with recognized federations like chess. Uh, and if you're wondering the dance, yes, because of rhythmic gymnastics is a sport, uh, is an Olympic uh, sport. Ballroom dancing at one point was was looked at as an Olympic uh, Olympic sport back in I think the 80s and 90s. Um, so everything there makes sense as an Olympic sport, but you're not going to find anything that's off the wall. You're not going to find a rocket league uh, in in the Olympics because there's no analogy to an Olympic sport to rocket league. You can say soccer. But uh, that's that's it's a little bit more of a stretch. It's got to be more of a one to one comparison, whereas Gran Turismo, that is auto racing. And so that that would actually work. Mike Def says not to mention that Tic Tac Bow is from a company that a member from the Olympic Committee is involved with. Oh, really? The IOC giving kickbacks to its own people? Say it ain't so. That's also true, and also, believe it or not, the company that made Virtual Taekwondo, same company. Two different company names, but they're actually the same company. Like, the terms of service for Tic Tac Bow lists the developer of Virtual Taekwondo in the, like, the terms of service documents. They didn't bother changing. They forgot to find and replace all instances of the other company name. Um, 
So uh, that so a lot of these are also kickbacks, but then they've got the Gran Turismo and the Just Dance to to get normal casual people in. Um, next, and, and Mike Def says, "Incredible, I know." Next, you're going to tell me FIFA just is not always doing everything over the table. I mean, wouldn't that be a shocker? Zemunk11 says they should have Taekwondo Grand Prix by Hello Games. I'm a fourth degree black belt in that game. Hello Games, unfortunately, I don't think I don't think they greased enough palms in the IOC for that to to, to happen. Anyway, I don't know if anybody's going to be watching Tic Tac Bow, which is basically you're you're using your mobile device to fire arrows at a at a tic tac toe square. Anyway, uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick music break. While I, uh, you know, try to cleanse my mind of the Olympic stuff like that. Uh, and then we'll take, uh, then we'll be back and we'll talk to Rob from Orange Sounds Radio. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network. Hey, this is SSJ100 Matt. And when I'm not watching or playing hockey, I'm listening to the Bobby Blackwell Show. Wait. What do you mean he doesn't know what hockey is? Forget this. Why would I even play that bumper this week? It's all about soccer. It's about the beautiful game. Why would I play that? It has absolutely nothing to do with rumors about what might be building five miles away from my house. Absolutely nothing to do with any of those rumors. It's sports ball talk. I'll stop. Anyway, sports puck, I guess. I don't know. I don't know that sport, uh, but uh, apparently it knows me. I don't know. And uh, that was a joke for SSJ on our mat. He will actually get that joke. If you want to leave a bumper, you do not have to insult my taste in sports. Uh, all you have to do is send me an MP3 of just your voice or a video with just your voice. I will choose which DMCA violation I will risk behind it uh, and uh, saying that you're coming back to the Bobby Blackwell show. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to check, uh, I, sometimes I take calls. I talked a lot and, uh, I do actually see somebody in the green room. So, you know what? We are actually going to take a call and I'm going to, uh, we're, we're going to guess, I'm hoping that this is not a, Hey, you should play. Um, I'm hoping that this is not a, Hey, you should play tunic. I don't know. This person might be like, you should play tunic. And that's, that's why you should be. Anyway, uh, Bobby Black will show you are on the air. Who is this? Hey, this is Mike Deft. Mike Deft, how are you doing? Yeah, doing fine, doing fine. Um, I want to talk about, not Sonic, but I want to talk about uh, the Olympic esports thing because that's really, really... <laughs> yeah, so uh, so what are your thoughts on it? Uh, basically that they're doing like... A, they, they could have done so many like interesting things with it, mm-hmm. but... At the same time, they they just went with the easy route. They yeah, they just oh this is this is sport that that is similar, or that it works like the actual sport. Oh, let's do this, mm-hmm. and that's it. Instead of instead of just doing or taking esports in the competitive acts aspect, because they could have done stuff like Rocket League. They could have done any pretty much fighting game. Yeah, like. And I'm not, and not necessarily like Street Fighter. They could have done like Tekken, Virtua Fighter, even that it's pretty much going on uh, right now with with the the recent release of uh, Virtua Fighter Five. Yeah, on PlayStation. Um, and and any other like any not not necessarily like actual sports. They could have done just any other game. So it's like really baffling that. They're trying to do this, but they're botching it in so many ways that it's, again, like, really, really dumb. Yeah, and I I think they're hamstringed by some of their rules that they have set forth for for themselves. Like, they are required to either have something that's analogous to an already existing Olympic sport and one that has an officially recognized sport federation that's behind it. And so we would need to see, like, the the boxing confederation that oversees boxing to sponsor putting in, uh, you know, a virtual fighter or, or a Tekken or something like that, which I don't think they're going to do. And so maybe we need to bring back EA Sports Fight Night or whatever and have them make an actual boxing title that we get as a fighting game. But I think they're kind of hamstring by those rules that they've set for themselves, and nobody's paid them enough money to change the rules. 
Yeah, that's that sucks because yeah, there, there's so many again, there's so many things that could have done, and and could have been way more interesting to have because we also have stuff like Evo, like even the Capcom Cup. They're they're trying to do something more this year with their with their competitions, but then we have the official thing and they're not they're not even doing like it, it seems that they're not taking seriously that that's the thing yeah. they're not taking it seems that it is not serious that that yeah we just we're just doing it because so many people have asked us to yeah. do it and okay here it is and and and, 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 and yeah, idiots will watch it and they're like idiots will watch it so that's what we need is we need the ratings I'm Hopefully, so, well, I don't know, but it, it seems that not many, not yeah. many people will watch them. So, yeah. Well, you, they never know until they try. Uh, it is interesting yeah, yeah, that uh, you know because there's one esport that is uh, that is pretty popular, not necessarily League of Legends and Overwatch popular, that is not included in this, and that's because of the fallout between the governing body and the game company. But FIFA esports is an actual big thing. And FIFA absolutely could have been a part of this and had because they I I follow an MLS team. I'm an Atlanta United uh, season ticket holder and they do they actually promote their EMLS player. We actually have like a professional esports player that is part of Atlanta United and he's actually like gone and won trophies. And Atlanta United even like promotes it on their main feed as if it's a legitimate trophy, which it is. Uh, But he and he but it's a FIFA esports thing. And but I think because of the fallout between EA Sports and FIFA, that's why you don't see FIFA here because FIFA wants to make its own esports platform that they'll support, and that's going to leave the FIFA video game behind. And so I think that might be part of it is nobody wants to sponsor Rocket League. No existing uh, sports federation wants to sponsor Rocket League for an Olympic sport. Yeah, but we also have East uh, eFootball from Konami, and we have a Konami game on uh, for baseball. So yeah, that that's even like they could have gone that way, but I don't know. But I think FIFA wants to have their own video game because they even yeah, said yeah. that once they leave the EA Sports and it becomes EAFC, FIFA's like we're going to make a new video game and it's going to blow EA whatever EA is going to do out of the water because everybody will cares about FIFA, not the game, and and we're and all of us who play games yeah. are like no, no, really about the game. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not gonna happen, people. It's like, yeah, yeah. But oh well. Anything else yeah. on your mind? Play Tunic. <laughs> I, I figured that was coming. I figured that was coming. Thanks so much for your call. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Um, and uh, Sean three two two says, "Go Philly Union." Yeah, Jim Jim Curtin. It's uh. Quite, quite a character. He said some things that, uh, but I, I really enjoy going to my party uh, when I'm down at the, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium with all my fellow SEC football fans. Hi, Jim Curtin. How you doing? All right. <clears throat> Dark Tessia says, I still think it's wild that they're trying Power Pros over here again. Like, I think last time it was a random Wii or PS2 version, but it was MLB themed. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be kind of interesting. Uh how how badly it flops or how how well it's received i don't know i mean this could be a thing for investors you know like we all you know didn't think nfts were great but investors loved it investors may love tic tac bow i don't know what i do love is the fact that orange lounge radio is coming back tonight so coming up next here on the voice geeks network is orange lounge radio it's three people out in sacramento california they talk about games for much much longer than i do and uh we haven't been able to talk to them for a bit so uh i wanted to say hi sacramento are you there Hi, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, so are you refreshed now from your, your vacation? Almost a little much so, yes. <laughs> that, that I'm not jealous at all about. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, you know, open invite if you want to join next I year. I know. Well, I, I, we it's talked about it. Cruise, we we yeah. talked about it because I'm, I'm – so Rob was on a Star Trek cruise. And this actually – there's going to be some content on Vogue about this. I don't know if I was supposed to say that yet. But hey, um, you're fine. But uh, it's going to be this week, so we should go ahead and say that there's going to be some content on Vogue about this uh, probably yes. later this week. Um, yes. So keep keep a watch on our socials or listen to OLR or listen to Rob when he says it, if he says it. Um, so, uh, but uh, but we look because I, I love cruises and I love Star Trek. And then uh, we were like, all right, cool. And so I you know, showed my wife the prices. 
because it's a themed cruise and themed cruises are more expensive than normal cruises. And it's quite a more of an expense. And we're like, oh, oh. So we're now having discussions about it instead of just, you know, jumping right on in uh, to, to, to do one of these. So, uh, but welcome back. Thank you. Did you miss your video games while you were gone? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I missed a lot of the news. Like, you know, apparently there was a Pokemon Direct and things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll get into some of that in OLR tonight. But um, no, I, I, I did not bring my Switch. Uh, mm-hmm. And in fact, somebody on the ship joked, like, why didn't you bring it? You could play it out, you know, poolside stuff. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm I'm having such a social time. This cruise yep. meeting people, talking to them. Like, you know, I just I'm, I'm ready to put the games down for a week. They'll be there when I get back. And they are. But boy, oh boy, did I miss a lot in gaming. I mean, mm-hmm. I still have things to unlock in Theater Rhythm, and mm-hmm. more DLC came out. Yep. For the first time, I have missed a Twitch Drops campaign for No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. thanks to them releasing that new patch in Expedition, which, you know, makes sense and so forth. So, um, yeah, uh, I and, and I'll go ahead and say, because you alluded to it, uh, to, uh, I, I will do a special stream uh, here at Vogue Network on Thursday with my pal uh, Captain Matt, formerly of the Star- Starboard Power Coupling podcast. Uh, we're going to get together. I think he's available at five 30 Pacific, eight 30 Eastern. And we're going to, cause that, so that way I don't derail your show and our show mm-hmm. about all star Trek cruise top talk. We will talk all about that. And like, what, why do you pay that kind of money to be there? Mm-hmm. What goes on? What's neat about it? What, what is going on with the celebrities and all that stuff. So we'll talk about that uh, on Thursday for those yeah. that are interested. And if you are a subscriber here on our Vogue Network Twitch, uh, you can watch it anytime after the fact. So yep. Thursday's free live on demand is uh, a very small fee. Yep, because it is the Voice of Geeks Network. We don't just talk about video games here, even though we do dominate with the video game talk right now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tune in for that to, to find out uh, that and and more stuff about that. So... Uh, have you done anything with the No Man's Sky update since you've no, gotten back? No, I haven't been able to yeah. touch it yet. I, I have it scheduled for streaming next week. I'm going to play it on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I've been reading a little bit about it, but I haven't been able to touch it yet. Did you, by chance, so I, I, I skimmed the last episode, so I didn't hear your impressions mm-hmm. on all the games, but did you check out No Man's Sky in PSVR 2? I did. I did open it up once. I went into a creative mode, uh, and, I mean, it looks great. Um, but the the issue is like it's it they don't do a good job of really tutorializing everything for you because mm. it is a brand new control scheme, and sure. then once again, uh, the flight controls are terrible and you can't change uh, them. So I was like, because I went into creative mode, so I didn't like mess anything up, and I was like right outside a ship, and I was able to, you know, I figured out okay, you know, you still do a lot of the motion and stuff, and it works fine. Like it's 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 the 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 performance is fine. Like, it yeah. looks great. It performs great. I just don't like some of their control choices, which is not yeah. uh, an indictment on PlayStation VR 2. It's an indictment of how Hello Games intends their game to be played. I just don't like playing it that way. And yeah. if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's um, when you want to fly a ship in No Man's Sky, you cannot use any of the thumbsticks or buttons or triggers that you're used to. They actually want you to physically put your hand on uh, the flight stick in the in the virtual world and then you twist your hand like you are twisting an actual flight stick. And then for um, the your thrust, they actually want you to put your other hand on the thruster and move it up and up and down, uh, like you would if you were flying a real uh, spaceship, because we all fly real spaceships, right? The problem is because there are no physical flight sticks, you lose con like it's very difficult to control unless you have a very very steady arm, which not everybody has. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just worry if I get, you know, into a space fight, I'm not going to be able to control it. And yeah. there is no option to say, no, when I fly, I want to just use the buttons and the thumbsticks and I want to use the same control scheme that I use for everything else, because you can move with the thumbsticks. You don't have to have the teleportation. They've got options for everything else except flying. Yeah. Hopefully they'll uh, listen to some of that feedback. They've um, you know implemented a lot of accessibility type of features, especially when it comes to the difficulty of the game um, over the years. So hopefully, hopefully they'll listen to some of that feedback. I, I, I wish I, I I agree with you that Hello Games does a lot of great uh, listening to feedback and stuff like that. However, this was the complaint we all had the day the VR launched, which was like three or four years ago, and they just did a big VR update and they didn't fix it. So I yeah. don't think. 
that this is something they want to change. I think this is the way they intend for you to play the game. And I intend to just stay playing on a monitor, I guess. <laughs> and most of the time I'll be playing on a monitor as well, unless I can, unless like on PC, I can just have my, like a flight, an actual flight stick in front of me that overrides it. But on PlayStation, you can't override it. I think maybe on PC you can override it because some people were saying on PC, they just change to mouse and keyboard when they want to mm. fly. And that's how they get mm. around it. Um, yeah. So, but on PlayStation, you cannot do that, unfortunately. Bummer. Because No Man's Sky technically does not support flight sticks like a HOTUS stick, mm. uh, like what Star Wars Squadrons does, but because it accepts what's uh, what are called X input devices uh, in PC speak, uh, you can just basically have the flight stick act as one of those and then just map all the stuff to basically have it be an Xbox controller. Mm. Uh, and, and that's how you can get a flight stick to work in No Man's Sky, but they're not natively supported. Gotcha. And, and I think Hello Games said, well... We're not a hardcore space flight game, so you you know we really don't intend for people to use a flight stick, and so we're not going to put in native support for it because we're an arcade game. You know, it's our, we have arcade space flight. We're not elite dangerous, right. and so, yeah. but but there's a workaround on PC for that, but not on PlayStation. Gotcha. So uh, I and I have gotten more into theater rhythm. Uh, I have I'm, I think I'm like sixty six percent through the quests. I'm getting nice. to all those quests where, like, I still don't have a party high enough level, even though they're level 99, to be able to, like, blow away all the bosses. But I am really getting into the mini ga- uh, the metagame, the, the game behind the game. The of game trying within to com- a game. Yeah. yeah, trying to complete the quests and figuring out which party is going to give me the best stuff and, uh, you know, get me the furthest. And the hard part with Theatrhythm that you run into once you get to that point is you will get to a, something that's like defeat the boss in 20 seconds. So you need to have parties with abilities that nuke the boss. Yeah. The problem is the boss is the ninth enemy. So you also need to have characters that can wipe out the trash. Mm. And so if you concentrate on killing the boss in 20 seconds, you're not even going to get to the boss. So mm. you need to have party members that can also destroy the trash easily. So then when the boss comes up, you can kill, you know, you can you can basically nuke them. Then what right. they do with some of them, and this is this is the crappy part, is <laughs> it won't be the first boss that they want you to nuke in 20 seconds. It's the second one. <laughs> and all the big nuking ones, except for a couple of characters, it's only a one-time use. They only nuke the first boss. They don't nuke the second one because they've already used the ability. There are a couple. Uh, Armager with Noctis can be done twice on a boss. And there's another uh, another character that has a, a two time boss thing, but uh, but that's we just need Reddit fun. to put out the strategies on how yeah. to uh, min max all those quests. Yes, and th- there I'm, I've been kind of going through some of those and found that like there are certain party members that you get that will uh, double the the attack uh, the the physical power of your party leader or your magical power of your party leader, and you know there there's ways to to do it. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's right now it's kind of fun just to try to see how to do it. But when you go into endless world, you have to complete the quest. So if mm. you do the endless world stuff, you lose a life if you don't complete the quest, even if you complete the song. So, oh, wow. so that, that's how endless world works. Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's where I think that's the end game content is once you complete all that stuff. So anyway, what else is coming up on orange launch radio tonight? Uh, well, uh, we will talk about. All the things that I missed by being gone last week, uh, including uh, oh, a new movie is coming for a game that we talk a lot about on Orange Lounge Radio. So we'll talk a little bit about that and, um, you know, uh, what maybe some of the things we, we hope to see in that. Uh, some of the press previews happened this week for Final Fantasy 16. And from mm-hmm. that, we know a little bit more about how long is the game and some of those other specifics. But we will get into that as well. And uh, Sega doing an interesting new survey. Um, you know, maybe Samba isn't the only property they're looking at reviving right now. So we'll talk a little bit about all that and lots more coming up. Yeah, and I still haven't watched the Final Fantasy 16 previews because they're so super dark. And by dark, I mean like visually dark, not necessarily, yeah. you know. I'm like, really? Because that's why I didn't really get into Stranger of Paradise is because it was also <laughs> very dark. Anyway. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. 
So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf just about everywhere. Uh, mstdn.games is my Mastodon instance if you want to follow me there. Uh, it, it is also at Bobby Blackwolf there. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. Uh, but uh, we would not be able to make this all this work without the people who go above and beyond. Like I said, we did have a hype train at the beginning of the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Pod Culture resubscribed for the 44th time. Fifth Dream also resubscribed for the 44th time. All the fours. Sean322 cheered 200 bits saying, Hype! Because I got to do it that way, don't I? Uh, SJ when I'm at also resubscribed for the 44th time. Loki resubscribed for the 46th time is what this says. So Twitch math is kind of weird. They've all kind of they've all been here the same amount of time. It's just Twitch Twitch math is weird. They've been here since before the beginning. Um, and then uh, Dark Sakura gifted a sub to D5T. Thank you so much for the gift sub there. I'm going to go ahead and hit the button and get out of here so you can get to OLR. And uh, Thursday night, if you want to hear about Star Trek and cruises, come over here to the VOG Network Twitch channel or subscribe and you'll be able to watch the VOD. Anyway, beware of the Ides of March. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the VOG Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.